Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NeuroQuering Podcast. I'm your host, Pasha Marlowe. And with us today is Jamie Messina. Jamie is a mindset and empowerment coach, the creator of Club Lilies, a late in life lesbian group, which I am part of happily, and the host of the Stories We Tell podcast. And I'm sure many other things that we're going to learn about uh, here shortly. But thanks for coming, Jamie. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. My uh, son's name is Jamie, spelled with the M I E. But yeah, favorite name. That's J A I M E. Yeah, I was noticing <laughs> noticing the the spelling difference. But yeah, yeah, love the name. And uh, and I've been following your work on social media uh, for a while now. And every time you're on the screen, I'm mesmerized first by your energy, um, but also by your message and your thoughtfulness and uh, compassion um, and inclusion. So all the things that I appreciate and value, um, I, I see in your content. So I resonated, I reached out and so glad that you agreed. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. It makes sense. It helps for me to keep going, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause we're talking to the void when we make these podcasts and videos, right? We just like hope for a comment here or there. Thanks for doing what you do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the part that I really recently resonated with actually most recently did a post that spoke to my neurodivergent, uh, ADHD, autistic mind, which is that if you feel good, you'll take action and, those of us with ADHD in particular have a lot of trouble with procrastination, task avoidance, um, paralysis, analysis, paralysis. And so I appreciated what you said in that video. Um, do you want to kind of give people a quick synopsis of what, what you were saying there? Yes. Uh, uh, I was this, by the way, also ADHD here. Um, right. You know, anxiety disorder, I have like all the things. Um, and there was a time where I didn't feel good and wouldn't take action. So there was a time where I might have heard that and like, whatever, and that's not true. But um, really, if 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 you are, it, what that came down to was if you're imagining a future that sucks, you don't feel good. So why would you want to take action towards if, if you're imagining a future that sucks? Like, right, like, ah, my life sucks. I'm never going to get this. So are you going to be motivated to take action if you think your future is going to suck? No. So what it was, was imagine a future that you are excited about mm. and then you feel good in the moment because our brain actually um can't tell the difference between what you're imagining and what you're actually doing in real time so if you're imagining the, the best future ever your brain's like ooh, and then you start to feel good and then you're more motivated to take action because you're imagining a future that you love a and then also your brain is doesn't know the difference so it feels good and then like if you feel like shit are you going to take action like you're probably going to sit Right. Exactly. Yeah. Except that my brain's sitting here thinking, my brain will know I'm lying to myself. Like, like I know brains don't know, but my brain knows. You're giving your brain too much credit. I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know. <laughs> and you said that the brain has, uh, was it a natural inclination to think negative thoughts? You yes. had mentioned, yeah. Designed to think negative thoughts. Like, why is that? Our brain has one, one job to keep us alive. And so how does mm. it keep us alive? First of all, it doesn't know that we're in 2023, right? Um, so how did it keep us alive back in the day? It had to predict and anticipate all the things that could go wrong in order to keep us alive. So I'm walking down the, the street or the path and there's a bush, a saber-toothed tiger could jump out. So I'm going to anticipate that, move over or whatever. 
Um, it's just doing its job. Right, we give our brains way too much credit. It only has one job to keep us alive. And how does it do that? It uh, anticipates all the things that could go wrong, uh, everything negative in order to keep us breathing and alive. Yes. And I could definitely relate to thinking through the negative, worst case scenarios, catastrophizing, ruminating, and intrusive thoughts above all the things that can go wrong, which keeps me from thinking the thoughts that could go right. I I feel like I... So how do you shift that? How do you start to think the thoughts about uh, something good happening and not thinking, yeah, what am I, what am I missing? When a good day happens, it's often like, oh, oh, I'm missing something. It's a good day. Something, something, where's the other, when's the other shoe going to drop kind of thing? Well, let's go back to that last sentence, but um, there's so many different things. I think the first step is acknowledging that you aren't your thoughts and that your brain's only job is to keep you alive. So that's the first and foremost. Once you realize that, then it depends what comes up. So let's say, I don't know, here comes negative thoughts. Well, mm-hmm. not your thoughts and they're there to keep you alive. Um, so if you want your thoughts, you can separate yourself from them. Mm-hmm. I do that by naming them. I call it name it to tame it. So yes. the negative person that's like, uh, oh, you're, you suck. You can't do this. Or you, you're neurodivergent. Who do you think you are? You can't organize. You can't. Do-. I name that Sally. And then I'm like, Oh, Hey, Sally's here. And what happens in that moment when you name it is uh, cognitive diffusion, which means you're looking at your thoughts rather than from them. And then you're able to go, well, that's not me. Hey, Sally, nice to see you, but get the fuck out of here. Sorry. Am I yeah, no. Yeah, please. I love that. And and from an internal family systems perspective, sometimes we'll talk about parts and I'll say, hello, jealousy. Good morning, anxiety. Great to sleep with you again. Um, so I'll name it. Absolutely. Because you're separating yourself from your thoughts and realizing like, okay, I'm looking at this. It doesn't mean who this is who I am. And this is how I have to be. This is just my brain separating it. There's Sally. She's coming up with the anxiety, with the fear, with the doubt, and then um, being able to move forward from that. Mm -hmm. And in your work, do you work with a lot of neurodivergent people and do they struggle more with these concepts or the application of them? Um. I think I attract a lot of neurodivergent people because, you know, we, we attract like attracts like <laughs> yeah, and I'm always do, 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 do all over. Like I'm nonstop. Everybody notices. Um, and I, I think that what might you said, does it kind of limit them or. Yeah. Is it more challenging? I believe the only reason it's more challenging is because they believe that because they're neurodivergent, it's more challenging. Love it. I notice it a lot. Like even in my videos, somebody will say well, that's great, but I'm neurodivergent or, and, and, right. and I notice one person might say the same thing over and over and over. And I'm like, I can see it right away. I'm like, well, you're already placing that on yourself. So of course it's going to be challenging for you. Yeah. If we have the living limiting belief that we can't shift our brain or the limiting belief that, that we're not worthy of that good life that we're imagining, uh, then yeah, it's not going to that. When really it's like, that's the best part of me, in my opinion, the reason why I have all the ideas that I do and that I'm doing what I do. And I'm so excited all the time. And uh, creative one day and uh, functional, like all over the map is because I'm neurodivergent. If I didn't have that, I'd probably be at a nine to five somewhere being bored as fuck. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and yet being a neurodivergent, multi-passionate, uh, you know, entrepreneur as well. Um, how do you, in, when you wake up in the morning, either ground yourself or set yourself up for a positive mindset and empowered day? Yeah. First of all, this one took me a little bit because- <laughs> you know how it is. I just want to pick up my phone or whatever, but Mm -hmm. um, the more we do something, the easier it becomes no matter what brain looks like. And so for me, um, I wake up, I I like, 
I hate working out in the morning. I hate, I like sleeping, but I've been getting up earlier, making sure to breathe and not touch my phone. Um, Most days I'll try to journal. So anything that's coming up up here, so it doesn't affect me the whole day, I'm going to put it out onto the paper. Um, And breath work, (laughs) breathing is huge because I also have anxiety a lot and I might wake up like a pit in my stomach. When you just take a deep breath and hold it and then let it out, I'm like calm a little. I'm like, okay, this day, let's freaking do this. So you wake up with mindfulness and mindset work with your journaling and your breathing. And then I don't like working out anymore in the morning either. I used to, but it doesn't feel good anymore in my joints. So when, when do you, uh, do you follow the Steve Huberman podcast, by the way, there's a lot of like the optimal way to wake up in the morning. And one of the things he talks about with, with brain optimization is you wake up, you put your eyes in the sun uh, for the, as early as you can uh, and then work out and then have your coffee. And I'm like, ah! right. <laughs> I wake up, I have my caffeine, you know, I, I don't, and this year I started in 2023 going to the gym and honestly, it's been very helpful, even though I hate it. <laughs> do you go in the morning after your coffee or, or your caffeine or what do you do? My caffeine with me to the gym. Cause I don't have a lot of time. So I'm like, I just need to get down there and I want every last minute of sleep I can have. So I don't drink coffee. I drink like an energy drink that has caffeine. Um, but yeah, I bring it down there with me and I just like, I'm like half asleep on the way down, but I'm just, the gym's also in my building, which is a whole lot better than. Having- oh, so you're not getting in the car and parking and, oh, so you're just like crawling downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's handy. Okay. And then just out of curiosity, because I always talk to uh, neurodivergent people about like what workouts keep them engaged. Like, what do you do? What's your movement routine? Honestly, so for me, I don't like to think. I want somebody to tell me what to do. So for a long time in the past, I would watch like the beach body videos. Mm-hmm. But now trainer, um, train with Shay. She's awesome on TikTok, has the best recipes. And it's this app, and I open it and it just says, Okay, today I do this, 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 and this, and then just do what it says. That that's the easiest thing for me. I don't want to have okay. to think about anything. I just want somebody to tell me what to do. And yeah. then I do it. it's not yeah. the most, it's not fun, but it workouts, I mean, they can be fun, but they don't necessarily have to be. You know, I just want to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I think a, a connection component or some sort of social component, somebody else telling you what to do, whether it's live or on video helps. I ended up be- becoming a personal trainer and owned gyms and yoga studios so I would work out because then it was my job. <laughs> it, I had to show up. it did work. It's the only yeah. time I work out is if I'm leading a class. It's the way my, I, I just know after 30 years, that's what I do. Uh, so it's, yeah, we, we can, we have to work around, um, you know, our own unique quirks, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. There's always a pivot you can make depending, no matter what you, how you're different or how you show up, you can pivot in a way that works for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so in your uh, coaching do you, you said you attract neurodivergent people. Do you tend to also attract queer people or yeah, your, yeah. they're uh, all neurodivergent and queer like mine? 99% neurodivergent and a hundred percent queer. <laughs> so there's a lot of overlap there, like a yeah. 60% correlation between neurodivergency and, and queerness. Are there like studies on that or is it just? Yeah. I mean, it, and I think that they're under researched and studied. I mean, uh, I believe it was the autistic community. It was 40 to 60%. And then the ADHD community, it was so funny. I mean, I, I think it's funny, like 2020, it was like 20%. And then 2020 was like 40%. And now I'm seeing numbers up close to 60%. Because haven't you seen I know I have 
between like the beginning of the pandemic to now, a lot of midlife women coming out late in life, lesbian or queer or uh, somewhere along the rainbow. And then also the rainbow, the spectrum of neurodivergence. Like I feel like those two over the last three years have blossomed and expanded. Well, I hadn't even heard the word neurodivergent until um, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) No, like not until being home with the pandemic and TikTok. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I was just like, I have ADD. (laughs) So maybe people are just feeling like they can connect with that word more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And even, even with ADHD, I agree. TikTok on both accounts from an ADHD uh, perspective, but definitely uh, lesbian talk or lesbian TikTok um, that blew up in the pandemic and uh, shifted a lot of people's mindsets. I'm here right now. That's why I have a job. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And why do you think that happened? I'm really curious. I know why it happened to me, but what, why did so many people come out? My thoughts are this. Um, Well, okay. So so you're newly gay. I mean, I assume I always was, but newly out three years ago. Okay. So let's put something into perspective. When I was, I'm 40 years old. When I was 18, the same thing would happen. If straight women came around a group of lesbians, they always ended up in love with one of them, right? But how often does that happen? Not very often. So now we have social media, we have TikTok, and we have this pandemic where there's a bunch of people home and they're on TikTok. And now, um, not only that, but maybe they were already in relationships that they weren't really happy in. They, you know, they they didn't, they just got married because they were supposed to or add in that aspect or whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody like me comes up in, for you, page, And maybe they spend, the algorithm is insane. So maybe they spend one second longer, like, huh, that person's interesting. Now the feed is full with five of them. Now, now it's full. And now it's more and more and more. It was the same thing back in the day. People would come out with us but they'd be more scared to come up with us because we're in public. And then also then they'd come around and say, oh, this is normal. Oh, I'm attracted to this person. I never really knew that. But it wouldn't happen as often because it was usually like, like I worked in the school system. It was always like, you know, women that were in the, working with us in summer camps or something like that, adults, obviously, like, you know, um, and then they'd be like, okay, well, there's three lesbians that work here and now I'm friends with them and I'm going out with them and I'm, why am I interested? Whereas the TikTok and the algorithm put it in people's faces more. Well, it's not yeah. that it's new. It's just that it's now broadened the horizon because we have social media at our fingertips with the pandemic where more people were actually on it that are in our age. And also then they were stuck with their husbands after seeing this hot lesbian and they didn't like him to begin with. So they, yeah, there's that whole like mating and captivity aspect to this where the pandemic brought like too much togetherness and a lot of clarity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I'm sure you found in your community that there's this, like, the grass is always greener. Um, do you run into a lot? No, no, you're, the, you're like, the grass is greener, Pasha. Don't think otherwise. I mean, I don't think the grass is greener. I think people think oh. it. Yeah. I mean, you get the same issues, whether you're gay, straight, if you're dating a man, you're dating a woman, you're dating anybody in between. Like, uh, people are people, you know? That's an interesting perspective. I, 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 I jumped to the wrong uh, assumption there because, because yeah, what I hear most of all, because I have no. But it also depends what we're talking about. Are we talking about physical or are we just talking about like relationships? <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. Right. Because relationship dynamics, we're all going to come in with our, all of our histories and our, our own quirks, and our own limiting beliefs and all the things. Um, and those issues, communication issues and attachment issues will still continue, I'm sure. Um, but the sex is better, right? <laughs> I mean, I haven't been with a dude since I was like 
<laughs> along. I have nothing to really compare to, but everyone else seems to see, think so. Yes. Yeah. That part's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm still single. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm very particular. Um, and I like my own company, uh, which is good, right? Like that's the work that I've been doing is to not jump into as fun as it has sounded. Um, I don't want to jump into a relationship just because I'm out. That doesn't necessarily, I want to, I want to make sure I'm good with myself and I want to make sure my healing and mindset is really strong so that I'm coming as, as clear as I can about who I am and what kind of person I want to partner with. I think that is a really great way to go about it. <laughs> avoid a lot of, you know, a lot of messy situations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it probably has. It probably has. Um, oh no, I'm going on a tangent there though. Okay. <laughs> my own, my own, my own, uh, my own dating issues. Anyhow. <laughs> so um, do you find that with your, like, do you challenge and as a coach, are there days where you're just like, I cannot believe I am a mindset empowerment coach because today I just feel so shitty. Like, how do you pull yourself out of those days if they even happen? Um, I'll be honest, they're very few and far between these days. I mean, to the point where I feel obviously you have ups and downs in your day, but I can recognize that this is just a moment and I know what to do when it comes up. Um, but there was a time where I didn't even want to get up and live, you know, so I've come a long way. So it's easier to see. Mm. but there are a couple of days here and there, like it's usually has to do with people attacking me online or something. I let it get under my skin. But other than that, like shit happens. I have a lot of ups and downs, but I'm just seeing that as part of the process, part of the journey. And I'm okay. Mm-hmm. With yeah. Part of ADHD is uh, for some, this rejection sensitivity dysphoria or just rejection sensitivity on the whole. And so <laughs> seeing a comment on TikTok or on Instagram, a negative comment or at worst, a very rude, cruel comment. Do those stay with you or do you like block, delete out of your head? How do you, how do you push that negativity and or rejection criticism aside? My uh, skin is getting thicker every day. And like we were talking about before we jumped on, I've been building my social media for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Um, In the beginning I was in network marketing and people hate that. So we got a lot of uh, hate towards my way. Um, And I used to want to react to each and every one of them. But part of what I've learned in my own journey is, hey, we need to respond, not react. Or not everything deserves a response. And there are a few that will creep in that kind of can get to me. Um, But um, one of the things that I teach people and that I've learned myself is that something can only affect you to the level at which you believe it yourself. So like, for example, two weeks ago, I got this really hateful message. I don't know if you saw the, the, um, the real where it was like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. You're 25 years old and you think you can coach later in life lesbians. Your frontal lobe isn't even formed. You're a joke and da 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 da. And I'm laughing. And you normally that might upset me, but do you know why it didn't upset me? Because you knew who you were and you stood strong in your knowing and your values. I'm 40. I'm not 25. <laughs> Everything she said, I didn't believe it. <laughs> I'm 40 years old. I've experienced life. My friends like, she's 25. <laughs> going on and on hating on me about me being 25 I don't believe one word of that I'm 40 years old like she's wrong you know you were 25 you know seriously that's just a 
Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. If, if the comments that I receive are so far off from my truth, I, it doesn't bother me as much, but sometimes I'm like, you got under my skin, like my mom does like, like, and then I try to defend myself and, you know, and I've gotten better at not responding, uh, at all to those, uh, and just ignoring those comments. But at first I was like, I'm going to have to convince you that that's not who I am. So I have a mentor that would always say, what upsets me is about me. And I hated that. Cause I'm like, whatever, mm. I'm just, these people just suck. And then I'm now I've like taken it on. Cause he's a good, he's a good guy and he's my mentor. And I'm like, all right, I'm triggered right now. I am. I want to run do, you know, make this right. But why, why is it upsetting me so much? What about what they're saying is making me feel like I even have to respond? Cause if you don't believe it, you don't give a shit. So you're not going to waste your time and energy. So it's actually a gift. These comments, the ones that really still upset me. I'm like, all right, well, what is it about this comment that I believe or that I can work on now? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Learning opportunities. Hmm. (laughs) Cool. Um, is there a, is, is there one uh, topic that just when it comes up in coaching that it's uh, that you see as the most common theme, the most challenging theme right now for, for people? Is there a current trend, a trend and mindset challenge at the moment? Yeah. I mean, I just think so many people are walking around and their wise adult self knows that they're the shit, that they're amazing but they still have um, those beliefs that were ingrained in them when they were really young and this inner child within them that they don't realize that that's the person that gets upset by these things. That's who's responding and that we can unlearn those things and then, you know, show up as our true selves. So something I've been working on with my group, I have a group coaching is um, getting to know our, our inner child. And so we went through and really thought about the first time, you know, we heard this, like you, you know, what's your main insecurity? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's probably body stuff right now. So when was the first time that you remember something, somebody said something that upset you or that you realized and, and that affected you? How old were you? Uh, the, the first one I remember was probably like six or seven, but it was one of my parents making a comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's, it's usually our parents, the people that raise us, the school, people, school, society, we don't even know. And sometimes it's not even a big deal. You could have been just minding your business and some kid in class was like, you're fat. And like, you don't even realize this, that that imprinted in your brain. And now this is following you through your whole life. Um, so getting to know the inner child and, and letting them know that you have their back now, it doesn't matter what anyone says. You know, I literally had a conversation with them. We went through this as a group recently where we closed our eyes and we visualized ourselves meeting our little self and then telling them everything that we thought they needed to hear mm-hmm. and then letting them Hey, I know you're still with me and I have your back. Like you don't need anybody else. You got me now. You're safe and you're here. And it was like really powerful for the group. It is a very powerful exercise. I've done that with my clients as well. And then what's cool is to then talk to your 80 year old self or some very (laughs) old version of yourself. And, um, just to have that, that lifespan, uh, perspective and that you're, you, you're the constant, like you'll be there, you know, for yourself (laughs) and with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing really important work, beautiful work. Uh, I know you do live readings as well, sometimes uh, poetry or stories. And um, so, four, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the four agreements. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, it's, it's like this beautiful uh, combination, I feel like, of uh, intelligence and edginess and soulfulness and gayness that, you know, the world needs more of all that. I love, that. I love all those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, Jamie. How can people follow you and do all the things? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. You're first welcome. of all, this is awesome. I love, I think we both have this like ADD energy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Keeps me going. You can follow me on uh, TikTok and Instagram. It's just my name, Jamie Messina, spelled Jaime, J-A-I-M-E. Um, and then uh, my website is jamiecoaches.com. Okay. Cool, cool. I will be, of course, putting all that in the show notes so that folks who are driving their car right now don't stop and write it down or whatever. Try to remember. Don't even bother remember it. It's going to be in the show notes so you can see it. Uh, some of you might want to watch this on YouTube. Others of you hopefully listening on whatever you're listening to. Um, but yeah, so good to uh, to meet you. And yeah, uh, yeah um, I hope we cross paths again somehow we'll be on my podcast very soon too so the listeners um when we get you on we'll share it there too awesome awesome i'm excited for that and those of you out there who want to follow me i'm on tiktok and instagram neuroqueer coach and uh website has all the stuff fashamarlo.com so you can find out about my individual couples coaching and groups oh and i wrote a online program called same bed different brains for neurodivergent couples yeah i'm excited about that so um all right thank you so much jamie and thank you everybody for neuroqueering with us bye before you go i have a favor to ask please subscribe to this podcast that way you won't miss an episode and it'll help me bring it to folks who need it most fellow adhd minds out there i know you're gonna forget i would too so let's push that button now and subscribe Awesome. Thank you so much. Bonus points if you spread the word of the NeuroQueering podcast by sharing it or reviewing it. Thank you. Also, if you want to see more of me, please follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at NeuroQueerCoach. Sign up for coaching at PashaMarlo.com or to guest on my show or leave feedback, email at Pasha at NeuroQueering.com. Thanks all. Happy NeuroQueering. Enjoy your day.